Goku decided to show. Sorry, I'm late. A wizard is never late. You're a slacker. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I don't leave now, I'll be late for being early. You're late. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. If you ain't first, you're last. Now the early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy from 1027 The Peak. Levels. The levels are so good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hello and welcome to the Early Show Later podcast. I'm Karis. Hello, I am Jeremy. This is episode 130, Wilhelm Scream. Yes, we're going to be talking a lot of sound effects, the most iconic sound effects of all time on the podcast today. Episode 130. Yep, and that's why we've entitled it Wilhelm Scream. Uh, because the Wilhelm scream is a ah, just a simple scream that's been used in some 150 movies and TV shows, and it's ridiculous. And, but it is iconic. <laughs> it is a ridiculous sounding scream. It is, which I think is probably why it, it sort of kept cuts being through. used. It cuts through, and it really, I think, also because it's used in those situations where stormtroopers are pushed off ledges, people are thrown off moving carts. I think that in a lot of cartoons, it was yes, it has cartoons. a bit of a cartoony vibe to it, and it really captures that sense of like, uh, oh no, I'm in trouble! Ah, I'm falling! <laughs> ah, it just that it captures it somehow. So that's good. Okay, so we're gonna get there. Uh, I mean, that's gonna be the bulk of the podcast. Uh, we're gonna end with uh, uh, Karis, you talking about a documentary you saw on Netflix, and I think it's very relevant for, uh, you know, if if you're you're learning about Ukraine for the first time and you're like, whoa, what happened? What's happening? Why, how has this been going on for a while? And this documentary you said is from 2014. Yeah, it was released in 2015. It's about a 93-day protest that happened in Ukraine at the end of 2013 into the beginning of 2014. The winter on fire. Yes. And was that, or do we have one other thing we talk about on the show? Uh, we also, yeah, we were talking about. I feel like before Winter on Fire. Uh, and we're also talking about the. Um, uh, the yeah, there might be. There I might think, just yeah, no, be a I bunch think, of sound effects. That's, oh, that's yeah, then we put it. the Wilhelm scream in there, right? Yeah, right, yeah. So you'll find out about the Wilhelm scream as well. All right, neat. Let's get started. Uh, we're talking about the Sky Train. We're talking about the most iconic of iconic sound effects. If you live here in the city and you've ever taken transit, the Sky Train. Bing, bong, bang. Good morning. You're listening to The Early Show with Karis and Jeremy. It's 6.09 a.m. I was reading on the CBC yesterday that the Sky Train, the Expo Line, the very first Sky Train in Metro Vancouver, construction on that began 40 years ago. Exactly. On March 1st, so yesterday, 40 years ago, construction of the first SkyTrain started in Vancouver. And the iconic bing, bang, bong sound that we hear when uh, the doors open and close. Ah, there it is. We've arrived. The doors are open. That sound was uh, invented at Little Mountain Sound Studios, which you may or may not recall um, was huge in producing lots of hit rock records through the 80s and 90s. 
ACDC, went to Little Mountain Sound, uh, Bon Jovi kind of kicked it off, Brian Adams, Aerosmith, like many, many, many big bands uh, recorded big albums at Little Mountain Sound Studios. Big bongs. Exactly, big, big bongs. And also that little, the the little uh, Skytrain chime also came out of that sound studio. So that's pretty cool. And that was invented back in 1985. And it's still the same sound used today. Never get rid of it. Like no. I, I will, that will be the thing that will get me to my first protest. <laughs> well, and that, you know what? I, at some point, I think maybe they did try and like, maybe oh, we should yeah. change it. And it's like, no, they're you gonna, cannot change that sound. They're going to hire, you know, some kid who took marketing at some fancy university. And their first day, they're going to be like, let me fix everything. And you'd be like, no, get the trains running on time. Leave the bong alone. Dude, was it a dude, when you read the article, was it someone sitting there with like a xylophone? <laughs> it's a kind of a, you, you get three hits, dude. Uh, what three are you going to hit? And he's like, bong, bing, bong. Bing. No, it's not right. <laughs> I'm not going sure. Um, well, apparently uh, the sound, the, Ian Fisher, who is uh, manager of operations at BC Rapid Transit Company, um, it was a kind of like a jam session um, <laughs> is where they came up with it. They were going through a whole bunch of different sound options, he says, and they wanted something that sounded a little bit natural, but also modern to take advantage of the digital playback technology that was yeah. new at the time. The very 80s, yes. modern, yeah. So that you could have something that sounded a bit more realistic than, say, a buzzer or some other mechanical sound on the train. Yeah, it hurts you. This one, you're... Vampire Weekends, Harmony Hall. It's on 1027 The Peak. Good morning, you guys. You're listening to The Early Show. Karis and I get ready for Debate Club. Time to fight. And uh, your texts and uh, phone calls always welcome at... uh, 280-1027, 604-280-1027. 280-1027, 604-280-1027. Of course, you can always uh, fight with us on Twitter. We love it. And we posted the poll, at The Peak, where we post our short list. Of course, there are so many answers, but we can only pick four. Yep. And today on Debate Club, we want to know what is the most iconic sound ever. And this was inspired by the Bing Bang Bong of uh, the Skytrain. You know, this one. that one we all know it very well the old bing bang bong bing bang bong apparently uh was invented at a jam session between ian graham who in 1985 was a manager of operations at the bc rapid transit company and little mountain sound engineer murray price it was back in 1985 they invented the bing bang bong and it is still used to this very day that is a very iconic sound especially locally you know that sound. You know it. It feels good to hear it. Yeah. And they still use Yeah, since the 80s, they still use it. So that's pretty good. We fired up uh, some from video games. The Street Fighter Hadouken, which when I'm, uh, you know, play fighting with my kids at home, I'm always like, Hadouken. And now the kids ask for it. They're like, Dad, Dad, Hadouken me. Hadouken. <laughs> Hadouken. You know, you know things are serious when you're fighting and you pull out the Hadouken. Hadouken. And now that's how the kids, like, that's the game. They're like, oh, let's... Hadouken. Yes, Ryu on Street Fighter, classic Hadouken. Now, apparently Hadouken translates to surging fist. This is 100% what happens when I unleash a Hadouken on my four-year-old. <laughs> Very iconic sound. How about, okay, we can't talk about sounds and not talk about this little thing. 
R2-D2's beeps and bobs. R2-D2, so iconic, all of those sounds. Uh, R2-D2's voice bebops were created by sound designer Ben Burt using an ARP 2600 analog synthesizer, as well as his own vocalizations, apparently, to do a few other effects. Now, this one's on the bottom of the list. Uh, People... They they might not understand how iconic it is. That's how much they've taken it for granted. But yeah. it actually completely changed the world in 1984. They don't even know that it changed the world. Uh, it is the fajita skillet sound. When you go to a restaurant, you order the fajitas, and it comes out of the kitchen, and it sizzles. That sizzle. That sizzle moves units. This is from a podcast called 20,000 Hertz. Um, the fajita sizzle in the world of of sound marketing is an iconic moment in history. But Chili's, the young Tex-Mex chain out of Dallas, took a different approach. For them, a fajita order was treated like a performance. Once the steak and vegetables were finished cooking, the chef would plate the meal on a fiery hot skillet. Oh, yeah. Causing them to immediately crackle and hiss. The server would then march the loud sizzling skillet through the dining room for all the patrons to hear. And then what would happen is everyone in the restaurant would turn and be like, what is that? Huh? And the chefs would just begin banging on fajitas for the rest of the night. Exactly. I want, I hear that go past you with the steam and you're like, I would like to order one of those, please. I just think the whole concept of just using sound and marketing in that sort of way is like... You know, it's underappreciated, underutilized. But in the case of this, Chili's starts doing that in 1984. Um, there, I don't think there are any Chili's here. But how many restaurants serve fajitas on the skin? That's the only food they do it. I know, I remember Earl's doing it. You know, when I was a teenager, I would get the Earl's fajita plate because I wanted the sizzle. You, this is, now we just, it's, we take it for granted. But in 1984, it was, what do they call it in the podcast? The summer of the fajita. <laughs> what do you got for us? 281027. You can always text in, you can call in, or you can hit us on Twitter. What is the most iconic sound ever? 604-280-1027. Okay, on Debate Club today, we're talking about most iconic sound effects ever. We just have four up on at the peak. And the winner right now, but it's tight. Right now, the winner is the this one. You know it. You love it. It is the Skytrain Bing Bang Bong. That's winning currently. But it was it's right up there with R two D two. Oh, it's neck I think and neck. Go back and forth on those two. What do you have for us? Are you calling for uh, most iconic sound effect? I am. I am. So I do love R2-D2. I'm a Star Wars fan. I think the, the Skytrain has a great, like, you guys got really good ones. Mine's really boring, but I think it's very, like, universal, and it catches everyone's ear. Okay, these are my favorite ones. It's like this, the, the fajita skillet. It's like, yeah, don't sleep right. on it, but it changed the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what have you got? A can opening. Oh. Whoa, are we talking right? like like a pop like can a, or a beer can? Well, can? yeah, like, a, well, like, I mean, a beer can in, in general. Because, like, I mean... You know, when you get off work and, like, as soon as you walk outside and you hear, like, your co- a co-worker or something, you'll hear, like, that noise and you're like, what? A what? Yes, and, 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 and instantly it, now know? even me just it's thinking Friday. about it. Yeah. yeah, you feel like maybe it's Friday or and I'm thirsty. Like, now I'm actually salivating. 
even yeah. just thinking about that sound. Yeah. Or you're sitting around in the backyard on the chairs or whatever, and you're just sitting chatting, and then you hear, you know, back over the cooler, the crack of the can. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, can you bring me one? Yes. You hear it, and you're yes. like... It's a dip. Yeah. It's like yawning. <laughs> yeah, it's contagious. It spreads. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good one, man. What is your name? Brandon. Love it, Brandon. Thanks, dude. Have a good one. All right. You too, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. Uh, okay, you guys, Debate Club today, Karis and I are asking, what is the most iconic sound effect ever? Yeah, we've got uh, the poll up on Twitter, at The Peak, if you want to check it out. Our options, we can only pick four, are Skytrain, Bing Bang Bong, Street Fighter, Harukan, R2-D2, Beeps and Bops, and the Fajita Skillet Sizzle. Those are the choices we've got, but please, if you think that you know what the most iconic sound ever is, let us know. Uh, we got a text at 604-280-1027 from Chris, and uh, Chris says, for me, it's baby's giggle. Nothing gives you more joy than that. And, I mean, you know, you listen to this and... <laughs> I mean, like, I just like that just makes me happy instantly. Yeah. I'm just now I'm smiling. Yeah. Call or text Karis and Jeremy. 604-280-1027. The Bay Club on the early show. Karis and I are asking, what is the most iconic sound effect ever? How can you not have Darth Vader as an iconic <laughs> The <laughs> Exactly. Everyone knows that. And it's like when you hear it, you know evil has entered the chat. Ab- absolutely. Or badassery, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess it depends if you think, no, I'm an imperialist loyalist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's a little bit of column A, little of column Maybe B. the rebels are, in fact, the bad guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> What's your name? Vaughn. Thanks, bud. Have a good one. You too. Bye. <laughs> So we're talking on Debate Club today about the most iconic sounds. And you can check out our poll on Twitter if you would like to vote for the short list. We could only pick four for our Twitter poll at the peak. Uh, so far, R2-D2 is crushing. It was really close between R2-D2 and Skytrain for a while there. Between the R2-D2 beep, beep, boop, 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 and Skytrain, bing, bang, bong. It is iconic, but R2-D2 is a robot. The other robots talk. But with R2-D2, they were like, eh. And they're like, what is it, boy? <laughs> you want us to find the princess? She fell down the well? I'm like... He's a robot. Why is this a robot? Anyway, uh, don't get me started. It is, but R2-D2, definitely iconic. We got a great text uh, at 604-280-1027. Iconic sound, the Wilhelm scream. And this is incredible because the Wilhelm scream is a stock sound effect and it's been used in, I don't know, something like 150 films tv series starting in 1951 and it's just a, a guy going ah that's all it is that's the that's the will or wilhelm sorry wilhelm scream uh and so this is just a little a little tiny taste a compilation um from various films uh, starting with willow in 1988 when some guy gets thrown off a carriage being uh, uh, you know chased by Amazing. a horse There it is. Ah! Now this is Indiana Jones. There it is from the last Beauty and the Beast. Oh, there we go. It's even in Beauty and the Beast. 
Another Indiana it's the Jones. Same every it's time. The exact Batman Returns. It's the exact same sound. That was from wow. 1992. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Aladdin. Like it, <laughs> it's the exact same it's sound. It's such a cliche. Do you think, and maybe I know we got a lot of people in the movie industry that rock the show, and, and I would love to get a text message from them, 281-1027. Um, do you think... Movies now purposely use it because it's such a cliche. You don't need to use a 1951 sound effect. There's way better technology nowadays. And, of course, it would be so easy to just record the scream. Um, do you think they purposely use it now? Like, like you're making a movie and you're like, where can I work in the Wilhelm scream? Yeah, because all it is is just some guy that was like, ah! And then ever since, I think it, sort, it maybe started to become a bit of a inside joke. inside joke with Star Wars, potentially. Because all of a sudden, the stormtroopers, when they were being chucked off things, you would hear that scream. Oh, okay. So maybe that's where it started. But you're right. Like, now, do people still use it? Is it now just sort of a funny inside joke? If you're using it now, I think you're doing it as a nod to, you know, the golden age of cinema, maybe. Not yes. golden age, but whatever, well, olden timing cinema. Just like it's an inside joke that we've kept going since the 50s. Yeah, and when somebody falls off something or... Gets thrown from a carriage. Exactly. You use the, ah! We got a full movie review today from Karis. I actually watched the whole film, which is incredible. Yes, not I a halfway movie review, not a third way, not Dude, a two-thirds way. I actually got to the end. Inspiring. I'm inspired now to actually watch a movie sometime. Uh, we just heard Mother Mother doing Sick of the Silence on 1027 The Peak. Which one did you uh, get through? I watched the documentary Winter on Fire. Okay, you were ta- telling us about this like earlier in the week. Yeah, I will. I remember it was, yeah, it was a week or so ago. I don't, I don't know. Uh, early time. in the Ukrainian invasion. Yes, and, uh, and it popped up on Netflix. It's a documentary, Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. And it came up on Netflix, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've Timely. Not, yes, exactly. Algorithm. Yeah, not seen that before. And so I finally did get around to watching it over the last couple days. And it's it came out in 2015, and it was about a protest that happened at the end of 2013 into 2014 in Ukraine. And it... It's wild because it was uh, it started off as a peaceful student protest. It lasted for 93 days and it ended up turning into a deadly revolution. Uh, and so it, it's interesting to watch it now, given you know what is happening in Ukraine, uh, giving a bit of a you know, bit of a glimpse into the backstory of uh, this Russian invasion. And I mean, obviously it goes back a number of years. It's very complicated as all of these things always are. But it is an interesting snapshot of in recent history, uh, things that have led up to the current situation that is happening between Russia and Ukraine. And I mean, just watching it as a documentary about uh, a protest, um, and about people changing the course of their country. I mean, this was just quite an incredible event. I mean, it lasted 93 days. And I remember at the time, I was just giving birth to my second baby when this happened. And so I was 
pretty tuned out to what was happening outside of our little cocoon of family as I was trying to figure out how to be a mom of two children um, after just having given birth for the second time. So that was a pretty wild time for me. But I remember kind of being aware that this was still happening. You know, I'd kind of check in on the news every so often. And I remember at that time thinking, that is, that protest is still happening? Like, what? it's still going on? You know, it was it was months. It lasted for such a long time. And, and it was really, it's intense documentary. Um, and it's incredible just to see such bravery from citizens you know just people in a country who you know believe very strongly uh that they in changing their country and overthrowing their government and that that's what it turned into and you know you hear the protesters talking about what happened detailing the events uh and seeing a such a huge group of people mobilize and organize you know they had they had you know, makeshift hospitals set up and they had um, medical staff, people donating their time, medical people coming down and, you know, I'm going to be in the hospital at the protest. People driving from all over the country to drop off, drop off food and medical supplies and just ordinary citizens rising up. It was, it's quite a thing. So I would recommend it if, you know, I mean, if you don't want to watch violence don't watch it because it is it shows violence happening so i don't recommend it if that's a problem but otherwise winter on fire is a a very interesting documentary we made it all right well episode 130 that's a wrap we have our own wilhelm scream now after you did it a few times i should just save that and then we're (laughs) like we're throwing someone from a carriage, and it'll be you going, ah! <laughs> and then it'll be my version of the Wilhelm scream. Yes. Yeah. The hog scream. <laughs> yeah, it is the hog scream. Not the Wilhelm scream. Similar. Similar. Different, though. But you different. Know, it's like, I need a little something different for this scene. Mm-hmm. The Wilhelm scream won't do. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll just throw in a little hog scream. Uh, you still want to take part in the most iconic um, sound effects of all time? You can always tweet at us at Jeremy underscore Baker at Kara C-H-A-C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G hog. Karis Hogg at Karis Hogg uh, if you want to take part in that or uh, maybe you got another documentary or a book we should check out about Ukraine that offers a little bit more context about what's going on over there right now I mean nothing just comes out of nowhere right there's no always, no um, there's there's a lot of backstory a lot of lot of history and a lot of like recent history yeah uh, as well I've been just reading lots about just uh, you know the the quid pro quo or whatever that Trump got up to with Ukraine in 20 I don't know when that was uh, 17 19 something 2019 yeah something like um that. and you know how that plays into it so yeah there's so much just like it's not yeah nothing happens just in a vacuum or on its own there's a lot of history and between Russia and Ukraine even I mean it goes back even decades then hundreds of years yeah you know, to and people first settling the yeah. Russian step, you know, beyond. Like, oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Lots and lots of history of conflict and disagreement. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much for being part of the podcast. We'd like to do it and we will do it again tomorrow. We sure will. Tomorrow will be episode 131. Our, probably our most extravagant one yet. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll do this again tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the grimace. All right. We're done here.